Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Get Out of Your Own Way Now show. As always, I'm your host, Bob McIntosh, and I am, as always as well, very excited about this interview. Um, I like talking to people, and I like conversing with people. And the gentleman that you have the honor of listening to right now, his name is Anthony Moore. And Anthony and I have known each other for quite some time. I was actually trying to think about this before we got on this call about when we actually met. And I want to say it was like circa 2011, maybe. Um, right around some, that. Somewhere right around there. And, um, you know, he's been a, a he's a fantastic real estate investor, has built his company up from from the ground to what it is today. And I'll let him talk more about that. But as always, you know, what I want to share with you guys is the stories and journeys of people who have gotten out of their own way and had success. And if we get to learn some marketing, some tips and tricks, some secrets along the way, even better. Um, but anyways, I know Anthony has a ton up his sleeve. I've seen uh, some of his information, like his direct mail course and other things like that. And just from knowing him uh, over the last several years, watching him flourish in his business and i'm excited to learn what we can from him about his success and where he's gone so anthony thank you for being here man truly appreciate it absolutely man thanks for having me you know this is fun to be able to do this with you again and um yeah i think uh getting out of your own way is such a beautiful topic uh because you know having all the experience in the past with coaching and then uh, needing to get out of my own way so many times in business uh, this is absolutely crucial topic, and it, it might not always be the sexiest topic, but it's the most important. It just yeah. is. You know, we we always become stagnant in our mind because we want to create all these obstacles, and they just simply don't need to be there. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I remember um, I bought a, a software way back when I first got started in real estate, and it came with this free thing called the red pill. And it was like all about your, like this mindset training about how to retrain your mind. I remember listening to going to it going, this is the biggest bunch of crock BS I've ever heard in my life. Like, what is this guy even, he's, he's clearly taking a few too many pills, right? And it's funny, then I looked back like two years later going, oh man, I need I needed that more then than I even realized. And but it's funny that we, sometimes we don't realize how important something like this is and needs to be for us until it's, you know, we're already there and we look back and we go, oh, yeah, I guess that was the case, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know what? That's an easy like starting point, like a uh, launching board is the red pill because everybody seems to want that uh, that quick pill, the quick fix it. You know, hey, I want to lose weight. Yeah, I'm going to take this pill and, and all of a sudden lose the weight. And they, they've brought that over into business a lot of times. I've done it too. So I'm just as guilty as the next one. Uh, but you and I both know whether your strategy is online or it's the offline game, if it's in real estate, or you're open up a chiropractic business, I don't really care. There's no like quick pill, in my opinion, to, to solve it all. Now, you don't necessarily have to be a technician in your own business. You could hire amazing people like yourself if you don't know the online game. But the reality is it's going to take some time to develop. And what I've found is a lot of people don't want to invest that time. So are you... Do you, do you have a thought and are you uh, really committed to something? Uh, it's so incredibly important to understand. Is it truly a, a commitment? Because whatever you're going to build and grow and do in your business and even in your life, it's a commitment. Everything. It's a huge commitment. Huge commitment. So before we dive in there, because I mean, that's actually spawned some questions for me for you. But before we get there, just share with the audience a little bit about your story. Sort of where did you start? How did you get mm -hmm. going and where you're at today? Sure, sure. I started out as a country bumpkin in Maine. So yeah, I grew up like that, that unknown hidden state that nobody knows about. Um, anyway, went to, I grew up in Maine, then migrated down to Massachusetts, went to school there. 
and eventually found myself in North Carolina, finished up school down there and um, got into the personal training business. Yeah, so that was fun. That was going to be my dream, right? And running a personal training company, which I, I did for some time and uh, decided, you know what, this is all sales. What, what am I doing? Not even helping people at, at a certain point. <laughs> I'm like, man, if I'm going to do sales, I should get into something that's really, really going to be able to, to flex my skill set. Then I got into real estate and uh, started working for a land developer uh, up and down the East Coast, sold property into the Bahamas, and then sort of migrated back to where I am now in North Carolina. And after doing that for a few years and being really, really deeply involved with it, I decided, you know what, this just isn't for me. I don't have a passion for it, but I knew real estate really well. Uh, I had a college buddy that decided to start swinging the hammer and was going to be fixing and flipping in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I would come down and visit him on the weekends from the mountains and said, yeah, you know what, maybe we should start this business together. And, you know, we had the pie in the sky idea of this has got to be so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you buy low, sell high. How, how hard could it be? Uh, it was pretty freaking hard. <laughs> but bottom line, it was pretty hard. You know, I remember sitting in the back of a trailer one day, it's just pouring rain. I had to get some tools as we're doing the work ourselves and realizing, geez, so this is what it's like owning your own business. Awesome. This, this sucks. I don't ever want to do this again. Uh, so then we decided to get educated, which we did, and uh, just joined a great group of mentors and uh, really just catapulted our business at that point. And, you know, today have, we've had well over 300 transactions, um, several million dollars worth. I mean, everything from fix and flips to uh, new home construction, which is predominantly what we do now. Uh, we're in that luxury new home market uh, and still do some wholesaling and a little bit of everything, a little bit of general brokerages, hold, hold rental properties, you name it, we kind of do it. So that is okay. a little bit of my background. Which is great. And, you know, I think that just goes to show the, the hard work and determination from, you know, sitting, sitting in that truck in the pouring rain to where yeah. you are now. So what was there? Let me ask you this. You know, as you were going through that process, was there a moment that you decided to shift? Was it like like an incremental thing, like until finally the last straw that finally, you know, broke the proverbial camel's back? We are like, all right, we got to do something. We got to figure something out. Like what what shifted you from doing all the work yourself to, you know, being more of the entrepreneur that you are now? Yeah, great question. And uh, there were a lot of little things along the way. I mean, I think one of the biggest driving forces is everybody that I knew in the my previous job, land sales, uh, which I was doing very well. And by the way, I was, I was the, the number one agent in the company sales wise, and I'd only been doing it for two years. And it was the largest privately owned developer in the whole country. So it was a really big deal even to get in with them, which I had a friend of a friend got me in. Um, it's always so, about who you know. Yeah, the, sometimes it is. Yeah. So anyway, um, they were all pressuring me to go back, go back. And this is right around the time the whole, you know, 2008 bubble burst. So, you know, spending three months chipping tiles and, you know, schlepping up shingles on a roof wasn't really my idea of fun. Uh, or I could be sitting in a nice cozy office just making phone calls, closing deals. So that was a big big pain, a big pressure to get back and do it. Um, and it was just about that time that my business partner and friend kind of had the same epiphany. Like we could do what, three properties a year like this and make a few bucks and never really 
amount to anything um, or or we can kind of figure out how to do this the right way. And that's about the time we said, okay, let's figure out how to get educated. And we just went on just this massive education um, through multiple sources, uh, not just one, uh, where we some local, some not local. And that really, really catapulted our business. We just started implementing small little strategies and then shifting and pivoting. So we, we pivoted a lot. Um, you know, at the beginning, we had to make money. So it was like, hey, if a lead comes in, we need to figure out how to do something with it. So we had about 15 referral networks. Like, what can we do with this one? Every little thing, if I could make $10 somewhere, we are making $10. Uh, so we set all that up. I mean, heck, we had a loss mitigation company. I had never negotiated a short sale in my life. Somehow we had the contacts and, and just spun it enough. So we had a, got an ad in the local newspaper. I'll never forget the ad, making short sales speedy. And boy, oh boy, the phone rang. Oh yeah, we'll we'll make it speedy. We didn't know what the heck we were doing, um, but we figured it out. We figured it out and just you know took our bruises, and um, you know that 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 was a year and a half. I'll never get back. But <laughs> but we but we made income. So perfect. So you're you're going through and you're basically just saying you know we'll figure it out step by step. You're never turning down a lead. You know what what you know what's the what was the mentality behind Hey, if I can make $10 on a lead, we're going to do it. Like, you know, cause I know a lot of people that I know would say, okay, well, you know, I, I've got, especially in the real estate game, oh, I can do this and make 20, 30, $40,000. Why would mm -hmm. I go after a $10 lead? And I get that maybe at the time it wasn't, there wasn't an abundance of 20, 30,000, $40,000 leads, but what, what's behind the mindset of saying, Hey, I want to like, whatever I can do to make this and make money. Like, sure. About that. Yeah. It was definitely a product of the time for one. I mean, we didn't have very much money. We had already spent our savings on not only education, uh, but just basic startup of a business. There's a there's a lot that goes into that. And then we also invest our own capital into flipping these properties. So once you do all of that and you're, you know, you're in your early 20s, there, there wasn't much left. Um, so if we were going to justify at the time spending money on marketing to make money, we didn't want to waste any sort of capital that we could get. And then I figured it would only take a little bit of time on the front end to develop a really comfortable, nice network of people that I could easily refer business over to and make a profit. If it was complicated, we wouldn't do it, obviously. But if it was right. a simple referral um, and it developed a relationship and we thought that maybe those people could grow with us through the years as they grew their business, and a lot of that did happen. Um, and that was our mindset going in. You know, now we certainly don't go to that degree. Uh, but now we sort of cherry pick, pick and choose who we want to work with and who we send leads to that, you know, aren't right for us. Um, but at the time, that was crucial. I mean, that that was money that paid the light bills, just your normal operating overhead, that that nice little small but residual check coming in was very, very, very important. It was our sort of multiple streams of income that you always hear about on a much, much smaller scale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That totally makes sense. So, okay. So I actually want to dive into that. So you're, you're going out there, you guys are re relatively new and you're like, Hey, I just want to meet and network with people. Um, you know, was there a, a secret sauce behind the networking? Was it the fact that you got those referrals? Was it how you approached it? Like, how did you start building that network to be able to get that stream of revenue coming in? Cause I think a lot of folks would be interested to know 
you know, how do, how can I do the same thing, especially if you're newer or don't have those relationships that already exist? Great question. And, and I think it really boils down to developing those relationships. So that was a key component of my part of the business. So I'd go out and that's literally what I did. So it was every week I'd set aside, I try to do three to four mornings. Mornings are sort of my thing, grab a coffee. It's an easy, quick meeting with somebody. You know, it'll cost you $10 a day, you know, three to four days a week. You're just meeting with people. The Constantly, you're telling them what you do. Obviously, maybe that'll give me private capital. That's great. Um, kind of go in with the same mindset. Like everybody I meet with has multiple layers that they could potentially help my business. Capital, maybe it's a, a property that they send me that I purchase. Um, maybe it's a property that I don't purchase, but I can refer it to one of my other networks. Um, there's just multiple ways you could do that. Worst case scenario, I make a friend, I bought him a coffee, no big deal. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's what we did. Every single week I would go out and just meet with somebody new. In real estate, that's easy because there are just tons of real estate agents out there. Everything from a home stager to a home inspector. I mean, there's a million different trades and people that you can connect with. Uh, and that's how we developed a lot of our, what I call free marketing free advertising is just beating the streets, just good old shaking hands. And the message was really simple. I'm new. There's your message. It was like, <laughs> like, Hey Bob, I really appreciate you meeting with me. I know you're, you're a vet in the industry. Even if you, it was your first year, I'd still say that. I know you're a vet in the industry we're kind of the rookies out here, but listen, I just want to meet with you because this is my passion. I want to make it my real business that I'm not just a fly by night company. And I really want to develop relationships in the beginning that can last a lifetime. And I'm hoping you can be a part of that. And then we would just talk and chat. And then I would ask them about their business and talk very, very little about mine. And, and that's it. And that was the whole, that was what everything was built upon was that platform. And for us, it worked really, really well. That helped us out significantly. Uh, we wholesaled our very first property that way. Um, we bought our very first um, flip that way. Uh, it just, just old school grassroots, just beating the streets, putting the time in. networking, putting in the time. And in the beginning, you have the time, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you just right. just do it. Why wouldn't you do it? So, what would you say to someone? I I think it's interesting. So, for all of you watching or listening, you know, right? One thing that I think is important to note about what he just said is that he basically owned. Hey, I'm a newbie. I'm doing this mm -hmm. new, and I, but I want to build this relationship long term. So, Anthony, tell me more about what was the mindset that you were thinking at the time? Like, were you scared to be like, "Hey, like I'm a newbie"? What was the, and what was the reaction? Like, were people were people like, "Oh, I don't have time for you," or were they actually more appreciative of the fact that you you know owned that you you know you because yeah. we always hear "fake it till you make it," right? Like that's a term that's thrown around yeah. a ton, and and a lot of times you know I, I get I don't know how many emails or phone calls I get. Hey, I'm a nationwide investor. I'm like. You're not buying houses across the nation. I'm sorry, you're just <laughs> just not. Um, like it sounds good, but you're not. Like if anyone who's done this long enough knows. And so I always, you know, I always know. Oh, this is a total newbie, and I'm fine. It's not that I'm judging them for um, being a newbie, but it, I always, you know, it, it comes across very disingenuous to me a lot of mm -hmm. times. And your approach sounds very genuine, which I like. So, you know, was was there fear behind that? Like, what made you decide to go that direction? Yeah, no, I, another phenomenal question. I think um, I was fortunate. First of all, when I got into land sales, it was a very hard industry. I mean, you're selling dirt, you're selling raw dirt. And um, there were a lot of old timers in the business, a lot of old timeshare guys. 
Um, so I had a lot of people to just really pick their brain and teach me a lot of stuff. And one of the very first things I remember, Harry, I remember his last name, but I remember him. He was one of the best. And he told me right out of the gates, he's like, going to teach you something right now. He's like, you don't know anything. And that's okay. He's like, stick with that. He's like, keep the blinders on. He's like, you'll do much better that way. I'm like, okay. And he's like, remember one other thing. Whenever you meet with somebody over the next six months, I want you to tell them that you're brand new. Now, keep in mind, I'm selling million-dollar pieces of land all across the country in the Bahamas, all over to professional athletes, people from flying over from Europe. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And now I got to tell them I'm a newbie. Well, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm here to tell you that it worked. I took his advice and I did it and it worked on multiple occasions. Even when I wasn't a newbie per se, I would still lean on that just a little bit. Like I would just come right out and tell him like, hey guys, listen, I'm relatively new here. I think I know it all, but I'm relatively new if we're being honest. Uh, so it, listen, if I don't know the answer, I promise you, I know somebody that does. So don't be shy and, and just, just don't pick on me too much. If you play that role, and you come across that way. What I found is the folks with, with money and opportunities, they want to help you because you're sincere. They truly do. They want. They will go out of their way to help you. And I do that for people today. Um, I literally did it last night. Um, it's just, just something about that approach that is more sincere and you just want to help people. Naturally, I think people do want to help others. Um, and if you're meeting like I was, person to person, not a phone call. Like I'm literally sitting down and developing that relationship. They're going to help you. It's not about, you know, whether or not they're going to make a million dollars off you, whether or not you're going to be there tomorrow. Over the course of the next two weeks, they will find a way to help you. That's like that natural human instinct to want to reciprocate when we can. Yep. Yep. So I guess I would just say that I'm lucky that I had some really great mentoring in the beginning and I just carried that same concept through our business. Now, was there cases where you were ridiculed for it or where people were like, you know, act, reacting negatively to you doing that? Honest to goodness, no. No. And no. I, I still to this Perfect. day, it seems like that would happen. Right. It never did. It never did because usually it could back it up with some kind of substance if I didn't know the answer to something, I would do whatever it takes to figure it out. If I don't know something about internet marketing, I'm calling you. You know, I'm going to get an answer that I feel confident with, and I'm just going to vomit that back out to those individuals if that's the question at hand. I just never overstep a boundary. So, I mean, you know, part of getting out of your own way is not being a know-it-all. So that's the hardest thing, I think. I mean, it's just... I don't know everything. I don't know everything about real estate. I know I have limited knowledge in commercial real estate. I'm doing a mixed-use development right now, but I still know what I feel is very entry-level information on commercial real estate. But I have multiple people I can call on to at least give me 80% of the way there, which is more than most. So. And that's, that's, that's huge. Just knowing that you have that network. And I, I think that goes right back to what you were talking about before, which is building that network, right? Yeah. Doing that, meeting out those people. That's how you're going to get the answers when you don't know them. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. There's a, there's a book out called the go giver. And if, 
If people haven't read it, it was given to me by another local builder in this area. And he, he was a great mentor to us. Um, gave us all kinds of stuff in the beginning, so much so that it was very suspect. What's going on here? This guy is just too much. What's happening? And he uh, he said, he's like, I've just found in my, uh, in my history of business that the more I give, the more I get. And, you know, I just like to operate that way. So he sent me the book and I read it. And now it's sort of become a staple in my life. And I think a lot of other people as well. So it's a good book. Very simple so read. How, how did it change what you're doing right now? I don't know if it changed. I think it might have enhanced it. I think okay. it might have enhanced it. So, for example, uh, if we're building, um, we only build luxury spec homes. So that's our core business. We're not doing a customized project for somebody. So it's all done in-house. But inevitably, we do pre-sell and inevitably people want to change, you know, 85 things in a home. <laughs> Whether you tell them you can't or not, it doesn't matter. Right. So usually what we'll do is we'll, we'll continually go above and beyond. Uh, so if I sell a house and we sell it based on a pretense of here's what's going in, but we see an opportunity to splurge somewhere and we knew that we would, we knew that we would do that if we hadn't pre-sold it. I knew that I would add this really cool wine rack, custom maids, and it cost me $15,000 to do it. Absolutely not going to make a penny out of this. If I put it in at this point, we usually put it in anyway. Now, of course, we're going to tell that homeowner that. Um, we're going we're gonna to make sure that they know that helps us in different ways. So the usually there's an agent involved. The agent finds out that we did that. That spreads like wildfire, especially in that community. Uh, the homeowner will usually leave a good review online for us, so on and so on and so on and so on. Um, and then it gives us something that we can kind of lean back on if we're trying to pre-sell a new property. Say, listen, we just did this. this is a great example. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, we just did XYZ in their home and it wasn't a part of the initial plans. So that's usually every single home we do that on. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And so do you, I mean, do you find, I know the next question I would have is, I mean, do you find that if you are doing that continuously, um, do people come to expect that you're always going to go above and beyond or are you guys setting the expectations of what they're going to get? And then, so then it's kind of a surprise, even, even though it's, you know, maybe well, I, it's, it's a combo of both. If we need it, we'll use it. Um, so if somebody starts being a, a pain, so to speak in the process, well, you remember we, we did add a $15,000 wine rack out of the goodness of our heart. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so we, if we have to flex it, we will. But usually it's just something we tell them at the end or, or during the walkthrough or something to keep them excited because building is a very long process. Um, now, it's not all hunky-dunky. It doesn't always work out that way. So, it, you know, a completely different example would be consulting. Um, I, I'm sure you know as well that there are some people that you connect personally with and they will wear you out. They will wear you out for free. And they feel like, I don't know what they feel like, because I'm not going to speak for them, but it feels like to me that I'm being used. And it's like, great, I know I have a service. This is something I charge for <laughs> or did this at a very high level. And this is how I make a living. Um, and, it, and also it takes a lot of time and they'll just 
pepper you and pepper you and pepper you. And, you know, at some point you have to cut that off. So sometimes it, it, I think in that scenario, it can sort of go in the opposite direction. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So actually that brings up another question then. I, lo I love like yeah. the, the, the flow of this is good. So, you know, you being someone who's had a lot of success, you've obviously got a large network of people. Um, mm -hmm. I know you do some events and, and you, you speak and teach a lot as well. Uh, I know in your past you've done, I don't know what, probably thousands of hours of, of webinar trainings yeah. and things like that. Um, so obviously a lot of folks are going to look at you and go, oh, he's the guy that has the information that I need. And so they're going to come to you um, with that, you know, let me pick your brain, let me pepper you with questions and try to extract what I can. How do you handle that when that comes your way? I mean, are you, are you like strict, like, nope, or is it like to a certain extent? Like, what, 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 do, you, what do you do for that? It's a, it's a great question. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm the, the master at it yet. Having mastered it is the truth. Um, usually what I've been doing, which is a lot better than what I used to do, which is just wear myself out, trying to answer everything and help. Um, I will typically ask more questions rather than answer their question. And what I've found is a couple of things. It's usually about, you know, how to get more, more leads in their business, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. And then the next thing that I find out is they don't, they're not willing to overcome their own fear of spending money to make money. So then I'll tell them very bluntly that I appreciate where you're at in your business and in life. But I believe that to be successful in any small business today, the, at least a quarter of your income needs to go towards marketing, if not more. And if you're not willing to spend that, I have a hard time believing that you'll be very successful unless you're a full-time technician and very good at everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, what, which is what, very, very few Which people. is nobody, right? So that. <laughs> So basically to end it with it, when you're willing to commit to that, I'm willing to see how I can help you further. And a very limited amount of people will follow back up with that. Truthfully, it's, that's the sad part of it is like, I truly want them to be successful. I, I truly believe in people. It's the get out of your own way concept, which is their own ways. There's that built in fear and they no longer have a nine to five they're trying to create a small business for themselves. Oh my gosh, I got to hold on to every penny that I have. How do you plan on making money? Those big businesses that you worked for, they spent millions of dollars <laughs> and that's how they afforded you. I mean, so I, such a good point. I actually had a, a great conversation with a friend and he works for a very large company uh, and there's a, a brand of, of deodorant. I won't go into the details of it because it's probably it shouldn't share that specific, but um, they they started the brand three years ago, 36 months ago, and just this month celebrated for the first time that they were positive ROI. So they they actually made more money than they spent on ads for the first time in three years. And this is a, a big, a large company, large brand spending probably millions of dollars. I don't know exact amount, but I would guess millions of dollars on advertising. And you're just sitting here going, wait, what? Like that to me was like mind blowing. And And but what I took away from that was like, look, like, we as small business owners actually are more able to do better because I don't have to have and carry the overhead um, to try to make millions of dollars in sales, you mm -hmm. know, every single time, you know, we we're most of us are operating at a much smaller level than that. So it's actually easier for us to make money in that, in that capacity. So let for me ask sure. you this. 
when you were looking at, you know, your business or maybe even where you want to head from today moving forward, and you said, you know, at least 25% of your revenue needs to go back into marketing to, to keep growing, um, you know, from your, is that, is that number based on your experience, what you've actually done in your company? And then, you know, what was, you know, what, was there a thought process for you at which point you said, mm-hmm. like, you were scared to, to plow that money back in for your own self? Like, or, or were you always yep. just like, yeah, I'm ready to like make it rain marketing money? <laughs> no, I was scared to death. I mean, uh, the truth is I have a marketing degree um, in school. That's what I went to school for as well as my business partner. So we believed in it, but we were still afraid of it. Uh, so, you know, I think what, what it was, scared you about it, like what, what, what in your mind was like the scariest thing about spending that money? Uh, basically, the scariest part is we wanted it to live on, <laughs> you know, okay. so if I spend it and I don't immediately get a return back. Uh, uh, then what? Then I'm not going to have any more money. And I spent the only so like money the fear, that I the had. fear of it not working or the fear of, of it not coming, not coming back to you in some capacity. Yeah. So what that caused to happen was us just being even greater technicians and extending the process from where we are today. Like literally we, we wasted three or four years easily um, by, you know, adhering to that model or do what I call um, fragmented marketing where send out one direct mail piece and then don't send another one out for four months. Let's say it doesn't work, you know, or it's same thing with online. I'm sure you got to have that consistency. So, I mean, today we do it a little bit different to be truthful with you. So I don't, I don't allocate 25% to marketing anymore. So we get a different model that I think it's really, really relevant to share. Um, I never really, haven't really talked about this to be truthful, uh, but I think for the, the, the businesses that are listening to this podcast at some point and they say, yeah, I know I have to, I have to market, I have to market. I want to say this, you don't necessarily, once you reach a certain point, need to market as heavily direct marketing. We spend more money and more time on branding, building the brand. So I feel like once you have a built brand, your marketing budget can go down slightly because what's going to happen is you market people to, for example, go to my website. My website is a branding website. Well, that website is going to enhance me as a buyer for that property or whatever it might be. Uh, most people are forgetting that component, like branding is everything. Um, if you're not congruent with your marketing to your brand, I mean, in our business, uh, in real estate, it's, it's the old school. We buy ugly houses. It's still out there. It blows my mind. You know, you know, you've seen the signs on the side of the street and there's nothing wrong with that. They work. That's why people do them. But when I see people building $800,000 homes, for example, and they've got a basic squeeze page, you know, templated website from the 80s. As a consumer, as a seller, if if I get any any sort of marketing from them, whether I see a sign, whether I get a direct mail piece or online, whatever it might be, and I go to their site, and it's not congruent and that they give me a letter that says, oh, we love your neighborhood. This is so great. And it's very feel felt found. <laughs> and then I go to their website and it's like, we buy ugly houses, any condition, cash, close quickly on your timeline. I'm like, it's like, there's just a disconnect. They, it doesn't disconnect. make sense. It doesn't make sense. It took me a really long time to understand that. It's almost 10 years of our business 
to really truly understand that. And when we flip that, everything changed. So now, just the other day, sent out $1,900 in direct mail. That's pretty modest. <laughs> That's not a lot. And we bought three properties from it. And that would never have happened in a million years had we not branded ourselves the way we had. Now, the same thing with our social media platform. We get 110,000 followers uh, in our business. Uh, that also enhances that credibility. So we have utilized our online space as more of just a credibility branding tool. Right? And you can speak more to that, but for us, that's worked really well. That's awesome. And so when you're looking at, um, well, okay, so this is a great question, I think. So I know a lot of people when I talk to them, they, they say, okay, well, maybe I don't have the experience. I don't have the know-how. I'm not at your level, right? So <laughs> I haven't done what you've done. And so they're worried about creating that brand um, because they don't have the experience. Do you yeah. think having the experience behind your brand is as important as having the brand? Or as long as you're writing yourself, you're, you're building as you go? Yeah, or is there it, a third option? I don't know. I, I don't think it makes any difference at all whatsoever. People um, believe what they perceive, basically. So, for example, if you go to my website, my website, I feel, looks like where, you know, a team of 40 guys in the field building, you know, tons of homes all the time. That has, that's absolutely not the truth. There's four guys in my total company. <laughs> Four guys. We build exactly 12 homes a year. <laughs> you know, we also wholesale, do other stuff too. But I mean, um, we don't do that, but we look like the largest builder in Charlotte. And that's because of our brand. So we went to other websites and luxury websites to figure out what do they do? Why do I love this? Why do I fall in love with this? And, and we realized no one else is going to do this in the area. Let's do that. Let's pay right. the five grand to get... Uh, an amazing videographer out here and just like do do what they do. Um, let, let's hire actors and actresses to get in the video to talk about one of our homes. Let's hire architectural photographers to take the photographs. Our staging is $5,500 a house for two months. Not a lot of people are paying that. So right. we might not be spending the money on marketing per se, but we are spending it on branding our company that branding is in essence almost marketing in its own in its own right. It's hundred percent. Hey, I'm I'm creating the this image um as yep. part of the marketing, even if it's not necessarily directly uh, attributed in the in the in the back end in your QuickBooks or whatever to um marketing per se. Yep. And I think your marketing that you actually spend money on, whatever it is, it needs to be uh fitting for your audience. So I'm in the luxury space, so everywhere we're marketing to is a relatively the luxury client. So I, I have to speak that language. But if I'm going to buy a $50,000 rental property, I can promise you that my brand is probably not very congruent with that seller. So I'm going to use a whole new entity to mail to them uh, no, or reach out that. to them. It's got to be completely different. And you know, my letter, if I'm choosing that, that methodology, is going to say something completely different. It's, you know, it might be something to the effect of, Hey, hey, Bob, my name is Anthony. I'm with Carolina Dream Homes. Just made that up. Uh, Carolina Dream Homes. And uh, we're looking to buy two properties in your neighborhood, right in Hidden Valley. 
and we have exactly $75,000 to make our next acquisition. If that is something that you're remotely interested in, please reach out to us. It's gonna be short, to the point. I'm gonna throw in a number just because if they call me, you know they're at least gonna take that, um, right. probably less. <laughs> um, and then you don't have to fish through all the, the bogus leads. Um, so that's a completely different. I would never do that to a really affluent area where I'm paying 400 grand for a piece of dirt. Right. That would be the most insulting mailer to them ever. So you really just need to know your audience. And I would assume that it's the same concept, just spliced up a little bit different online. Yeah, more, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was, I was actually talking with um, a client recently, we built her site and she's like, well, I, I, you know, I can build this squeeze page over here. And I was like, let me guys, it says exactly what you're saying. And like, we buy houses cash fast, blah, blah, blah. I was like, but you're targeting a very different demographic that doesn't care about that. They want this over here. You're talking about that over there. And, and that incongruency is going to dramatically decrease the number of people who call you back. Oh, it's so important. Everything, every medium that you use to advertise yourself, to market yourself, make it congruent. Just make it congruent. I think that's, we probably lost a lot of deals in the beginning just because of that little piece. Um, and nowadays, you know, it's a lot different. And we used to go and sit down and have a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings with sellers. And I loved that. That was my wheelhouse. But you don't, don't get that as much anymore, especially not with coronavirus. <laughs> you know, you're, you're buying property over the phone. So your marketing platform has to really be congruent. And, and by the way, for all of you listening or watching, even if you're not in the real estate space, take away, because I think that the message is the same. That's one of the things I love about, mm -hmm. especially about marketing. Um, when I get into business and things like that, it doesn't matter the business. Um, marketing is marketing. It's it, the same. We're just changing the words. We're changing the offer, maybe changing the, you know, the, the sequence to get you there. But for the most part, you know, if you're incongruent, whether you're selling an information course, whether you're selling physical product or whether you're selling, you know, financial wealth advice to people or real estate, doesn't matter. It's the same thing, right? If they, if you're a financial mm -hmm. advisor and, you know, yours is, Hey, your retirement sucks. You gotta, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you know, die broke. And then you like walk in, it's like, Hey, here's the luxury thing. Like it just doesn't, it's incongruent. It's not going to click. Um, so let me ask you this, when you're doing your marketing, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and this may not necessarily be relevant for hundred percent everybody, but I think there's going to be some, um, especially in the real estate space. Cause I know a lot of you listening and watching are in real estate. You no, know, you, you've got your luxury brand over here, which is what you're selling to the end buyers. But on the on the houses that you're buying, are you using the same marketing, same company, or do you actually use a different company when you're trying to acquire the house to then turn it into this luxury home that you're going to sell someplace else? Great question. I'm using the same company because I want them to believe in my brand. They believe in me because there are a lot of phonies out there, frankly. So our competition is really high and I'm selling against them. So... Let me guess, you probably get a call from, you know, and I'd, I'd throw off so-and-so's name uh, from the neighborhood that I know they're probably also marketing. Yeah, you've probably got people that send you out those goofy yellow letters, those fake handwritten notes, uh, postcard, which is completely something we would never do. That's so insulting. Now, I'd already kind of set that tone because I know they're getting a lot of marketing and I would sell against the people with the really cheesy squeeze pages online. So I basically rattle off five or six things that they've, I know they've experienced. And I basically say, that's not me. And oh, by the way, you've seen my site. So you know I'm legitimate. You've probably so seen you one of our homes. So do you use your core site as a, as a core component of selling your brand and influencing someone to move forward with you? I do not um, direct people to my site. 
Okay. If that answers your question. So if I do direct marketing, I don't say, hey, go look at my website. I don't do that. Uh, but they do it. So there's a one-to-one -one correlation. We've seen it with the uh, analytics. Moment we do any sort of marketing, whether it's a sign in a yard at a house that we're building, whether it's online, um, through social media, whether it's through direct mail or whatever the medium, it doesn't matter. The spikes are, it's just so one-to-one. -one. They're going to go to your website, period. If you guys don't have a decent web presence, you're just, you're wasting money. I feel like you're just flushing money down the toilet. Uh, and ours suck for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Speaking your language. Uh, but it's so true. It's so incredibly true. And that's awesome. So, and 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 guys, I want you to, to also notice what you're hearing Anthony talk about specifically is in his messaging, like it's communicating to the person that you're talking to, not using a one size fits all, plug this in for everybody. Um, and and the, I think the thing that, you know, a lot of people get worried about, especially marketing is like, how do I scale a campaign if it's not one size fits all? Um, and so how have you guys, I mean, obviously, even if you're just buying 12 houses a year, I know you said you're we're buying a lot more things. than that, right? We're exactly. buying a lot more than that. We're like more than double that, but some of that's wholesaling, um, right. you know, and a lot of it is just, you know, it might take me six months to actually close the deal. So when I say 12, that's skewed significantly. We're doing a lot more volume than that. Totally understand. So yeah. when you're, when you're doing that volume, how have you guys gotten around, um, the one size fits all. And I, I mean, are, are you literally down to the neighborhood changing the yes. me message to base in the neighborhood? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we'll do. We'll flat out tell them that we absolutely love your neighborhood, whatever it might be. You know, we, you probably saw our home on 123 Main Street, 124 Main Street and 5500 Cedar Drive. And just to kind of start to build that rapport, and it's, it's more the hey neighbor approach. Okay. Um, we've tried it the other ways. It just doesn't work as good. So it's pretty easy nowadays with everything online to be able to easily, you know, direct a campaign to a neighborhood and then go on and do the same thing to the next neighborhood. And you're just doing minor modifications to the message. Uh, but the core component is the same. You know, we're a great company, a couple guys, you know, mom and pop shop kind of thing. Um, look bigger than we really are, you know, love to work with you any way we can, you know, the, the awesome. mess, the core message stays the same. And that's awesome. And I think that's, that's so huge too, right? Like understanding that no matter, so you're, you're, you're tweaking maybe how you're talking to each demographic or neighborhood, but you're not changing the core message of who you are, what you represent and the brand itself. And that's I think that's right. a huge difference. Yeah, that's right. Because then you would have to have multiple faces out there online which is really confusing. Um, and I think you would do the same exact thing. If you were, if you came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about opening a chiropractic office. You know, what do you think? What are you, let's bounce some ideas off. It would be the same approach. I would say, well, what's wrong with the industry that everybody experiences? Well, you go in and immediately the chiropractor says, well, I need to see you three times a week for the next three months. Well, and they do that to everybody. Uh, and that's common practice. You know, there's an actual class in college about retiring as a millionaire as a chiropractor based around that concept. <laughs> I did. My chiropractor told me. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> nuts. So I, if I was going to market, I would sell against that. You know, we are not a one size fits all. 
uh, wellness office. Wouldn't even call it chiropractic because it's got a bad stigma. I would create a whole message and a brand around not being like everybody else. And I think that's sort of what you have to do in most industries today uh, because there are just so many of the same. Like, I mean, how many online marketers do you have to compete with, right? I mean, how many home builders do I have to compete with? There's, there's a new one popping up every weekend. So I, I basically, <laughs> literally every weekend. yeah, literally every weekend. So I'm constantly just selling against everyone else by selling myself and my core values, what I believe in. So I, another question, we, ha we had an episode where we talked about mission, value, uh, uh, mission, vision, and core values. Do you guys have defined core values for your company that you're, you know, your four guys that you know work, work by or like yeah. that you, that you are, what, what are that? I'd be curious to know. Yeah. I, um, it's been a while since we have updated that in full disclosure, <laughs> like actually put it pen to paper and we should, um, that's a great reminder. Uh, one of them is that go giver concept that I've already talked about that we okay. just simply always do the right thing, whether it benefits us or not, uh, financially or whatever it might be. So that that could be not only doing something to a home, but making sure my subcontractors aren't at a house banging, uh, banging walls with a hammer at you know 7 a.m. if somebody has kids. So for example, we will go and do door knocking as soon as we get a home meet the neighbors, not always, but most oftentimes, hand them our, you know, our card, our information. It's an opportunity to see if they want to sell, of course. But more nice. importantly, if there are any issues at all, I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel like you're respected in your home. And uh, I don't want this to be a nuisance to you. Living next to new construction is a nuisance, period. However, if we could do anything to circumvent it, I'd love the opportunity to do so. So anyway, that's sort of our moral compass of do the right thing at, at all like times. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, I know we're about 45 minutes or so here, which is, I feel like I could talk for the next two hours, to be honest with you. So this is, this is awesome. Um, if anyone wants to learn more about uh, you, Anthony, where can they go find you? What, uh, where should they reach out? You know, just, just pop on our website. I mean, you find us on social media. Our Instagram does pretty well. If you want to follow our company, uh, we do have a, a luxury home building brand uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, so if you want everything from design tips and whatever it might be, color palettes, whatever the flavor of the day is, uh, you can definitely find that on our social media. It's just Pike Properties. Um, in addition, our website, pikeproperties.com. Uh, learn a little bit more about the team, uh, myself, you want to reach out directly my information's on there as well awesome perfect uh appreciate having you on so much for each and every one of you listening or watching appreciate you being on as always please make sure you subscribe rate review uh the more that you do that the more that people can find out about this as i always say this show isn't about me it's about helping each and every one of you get out of your own way learn something along the way have a bigger better business achieve whatever you're looking to do and the more people that jump on the more that this gets pushed out so the more folks i get to help which is my goal in doing this um Thank you, Anthony, for being here. Truly appreciate having you on as always. It's always a good conversation when I talk with you. Thank um, you. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it.
Absolutely, guys. So we'll see you on another episode of the show real soon. Uh, as always, too, if you have questions, just drop them in the comments. And uh, if you're looking for links on anything, the Pike Properties or the books that we're talked about, uh, you'll find those in the show notes on the site. Uh, so have a great day, morning, evening, whatever time it is, wherever you're watching from or listening from. Appreciate you. We'll see you on another show real soon. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.